Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's the beginning of the week. Uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday evening when we stick it out early for the IFS, it's the end of the weekend. Two very different types of moods, I reckon. I mean, it's mm. Sunday evening. I'm a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hungover. I'm going right. to say it. I'm hungover. It was my Christmas night out last night with my mates. With the lads. With the lads, yeah. Boys now out, lads, wasn't lads, it? Lads, lads, yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. What'd you do, Nando's? Nah, just booze. Just booze. Now, actually, just around House Sunderland. House booze? Just around Sunderland. We, we, what, um, like a crawl? Yeah. We we actually ended up in a restaurant because we were going to go. There's this thing in, in Sunderland that appears at Christmas called Hadrian's Teepee, and it's a big <laughs> fucking tent. Um, yeah. with you know like open fires and all that sort of thing in a bar uh, and then outside next to where the bogs are they've got like a van that sells um, street food let's call it street yeah, food that's what and they call was, it now this you was, know what street food is it's anything wrapped in a bit of bread yeah that's, that's all it then, is and they say oh, in foil. Just, you, I've been to these markets like there used to be one that I went to in Camden when I worked up there and mm. they go we've got all different street foods from all over the world right look at that Ethiopia Yep, like they've rice. got like this, the, the, they've got like Ethiopia, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines, noodles. right? Then we go to South America, right? And we've got Different Argentina, noodles. Bolivia, right? And then these stalls over here are strange parts of Europe, like Bulgaria and Hungary. And these parts over here are strange parts of Africa. Well, over the course of about a year, mm. I worked my way around every fucking one of these stalls. The I can tell you, they're all basically <laughs> shit wrapped in bread. <laughs> They're yeah. just wraps. It's just yeah. wrap. That's all it is. Yeah. It's like, well, that bloke's put lamb and salad in his one, and that mm. one's put beef and salad in that one. That bloke's put falafel and salad in that yeah. one. But it's all they put a meat or a meat substitute in. They cover it in salad. They ask you what sauce you want. They yeah. wrap the fucker up. That's street food. They might give you Don't some think it's rice. anything yeah. other than that. That's all it is. Well, this one that I was because I was drawn to Hadrian's DP because of the street food offering, which was duck yeah. related. So they had like Vietnamese right. okay. duck loaded fries, uh, and right. they had duck uh, in pancakes that were ready wrapped. You didn't have to wrap them yourself, which is always a yeah. pain in the ass. All things duck. Got there about seven twenty p.m. The fucking duck yeah. man's fucking wrapping it up, isn't he? He's fucking At cleaned. what time? 7.20? 7.20 All the ducks PM. gone? All the ducks finished. Fucking, fucking shit show, innit? Amateur. Fucking nightmare. And I then heard you said, what's this? Fucking amateur hour. How many ducks did you bring? I probably did say Just something a like that. Just a couple. I can't You're remember like, what I, I said. I'm going to fucking kill you another couple of ducks now. We could have yeah. them roasted by eight. Yeah, it was amateur hour. And then inside the TP itself, they had some kind of singing, singing woman accompanied by... Um, 
uh, an acoustic guitarist and they were doing cover versions of some of the hits of the day and of yesteryear no. and it was fuck I, awful. That sounds nice. It oh, was awful, fuck okay. awful. It was too loud and they weren't very good. Mm. Um, and then, so we went into the other section of it, which was called the warm room. And it was just mm. like, a, it was almost like a school canteen with long tables and benches to sit on. And then a strange source of heat, which you couldn't actually locate. But it was just mm. wafting hot air around the, the warm room. And every yeah. sort of 45 seconds, you'd get like a blast of hot air in your face. But they had the fucking music piped in from the teepee next door as well. Oh, there was no escape from it. And there was no duck. It was a nightmare. So, so the, did you just fuck off and go on yeah. go stray in Sunderland uh, instead? Oh, yeah, yeah. There were plenty of other places to go, Sam. And so we ended up in a restaurant, an fuck Italian restaurant, because there was no... Yeah. Um, our, our food needs hadn't been met. Yeah. So we yeah. ended up in an Italian restaurant about 9pm, which... Uh, where got, we any, saw, got any duck, mate? Well, no, sir, we don't, they do duck in Italy. Well, fucking hell, man. What have you got, then? Have you got any ghosts? Ah, we just had pizzas. And the, the trouble right. was that um, it was about 9pm. And there were like nice, respectable people having nice meals out and stuff like that. Yeah. And there were six of us who'd been drinking yeah. since about five. Yeah. Uh, so your we, heart would sink if you were there, like a respectable diner yeah. with your family or yeah. with your half, and and you lot walked in, you'd be oh fuck it. Yeah. So we were just trying to really keep a lid on it, and you know, try and do yeah. normal type conversation shit, like pretend to be normal. Yeah. yeah. How is work? Work yes. is fine. And all that kind we of used stuff. to have a phrase for that. Me and my mates, when we were out, we go quickly pretend to be human. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly that. And like we'll you had to do it if if you were out amongst respectable people, or if you accidentally bumped into someone like a family member of mm. one of you or something like that. Yeah. You'd be like, "Oh no, there's so and so's mum." Quick, everyone pretend to be human. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've yeah. spoken before about about nan coming round. And you come oh, on yeah. shit first, and now our boss and that come is. Round, yeah. yeah. So, Can you smell gas? <laughs> so, so um, we were trying to be human, and then there was a couple sat behind us who uh, kind of had a little bit of, of light banter with us. They seemed fine, and then as they right. left the restaurant, the male member of the couple somehow got into a fight with a table of four men that was sat near the door. What? And it was fucking fists flying and everything. Nah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What was the problem? Well, it, we didn't actually find out. We asked the, the, these four lads at the table, and they said they, they, he'd heard this say something about politics, and oh, then it no. ended up in a fight. But I don't know what oh, was said that triggered it. But he was proper furious. And um, shit, man, there's stuff like that going on at the moment. It doesn't surprise nah, me. This is. It. I was just thinking this. I was going to say this. This is how I feel. The atmosphere in the country is now. Everyone's yeah. so fucking tense. Yeah, because um, we're divided 50-50 sort yeah. of thing. And people have got the right amp because people take it so personally. And, mm. I, you know, I used to be <clears> like that. And now I just think, wow, well, politics is politics. You know, it's fear, just something, it's something to love. talk about. Mm. I'm, more, I'm more about don't fear love now. And I'm like, you know, everyone's going mad. Like, people are writing shit on social media. Mm. And obviously, it's all an echo chamber, right? So a lot of the people that I am friends with on social media will be, let's say, left-leaning, right? Mm. But they're absolutely... Uh, I feel saddened by it because their response to the election result is is nasty. Not everyone, but a lot of people, it's nasty and it's bitter and it's angry. Yeah, but do you know what else been. it is? It's entitled, right? And that's a word that it, we use a lot 
and you know, you you in particular, you always talk about people being entitled, right? And I think you're right to monitor that. But I think that there's a lot <laughs> lot of people of the left who are behaving in an entitled way in response to this election result mm. because an election result is an election result, and this one was very clear. It wasn't like the referendum, and we can and everyone can go, oh, people were lied to, or you know, it was all everyone was misled, or it's shit. But some of the things being said are so nasty and so patronising. It reeks of a, of a sort of a class of person who feels entitled, like, we know we are right, and mm. therefore we deserve to will the result that we want. Mm. And if we don't get it, we are furious with everyone who didn't mm-hmm. do it. So it's like a child who doesn't get what they wanted for Christmas. Yeah. They're stomping their feet and they're furious. And it's not... And, and actually, just know this. If you are of the left, the chances are that the values you treasure most are things like kindness and compassion, (laughs) right, and collectivism, and try to understand that that doesn't end, that doesn't begin and end with people who think and behave exactly the same way as you do, right? Your community, by definition, is full of all different sorts of people. And that doesn't mean just different colours and religions, right? That means other values and beliefs, and you have to respect all of them, right? Yeah. And these, and, and you know, and when I see street art where people have put a fucking Hitler moustache underneath the nose of uh, uh, Boris Johnson, do you know what I think? I think for fuck's sake, get a grip. It's become fashionable to be over the top in your response to politics, but you don't need to be over the top. It's childish. You know, yeah. people are like fucking Boris Johnson's a Nazi. Boris Johnson's not a Nazi. He's a prick, right? <laughs> He's a lying cunt. I don't trust the bloke, right? But hmm. what he he is not. What he doesn't want to do. Is to, you know, is commit genocide and turn this into a fascist state, no, right? Not That's away. not what he wants to do. What he wants <laughs> is probably what most people want, which is to make the country prosperous. But his beliefs in how that can be achieved are very different to yours and I's, and probably a lot of people listening. And the but thing, all I, I mean, I said this the other day, but I have to say it again, especially in like you talking about that fight. It's like everyone, chill the fuck out. And I would say the same to people on the right as well, but I doubt they're listening because no, I think all... we've scared most of them off. Yeah. But everyone, it's like, but I just see it from, from people of the left and it's like, you're behaving entitled, you know. You've got to fucking dust yourself down and crack on. Well, this is it. And you've got to live your life according to your values, right? But, the values well, that informed your political decision. But it's ten times more important you live in your life every day in line with those values than it is you voting with those values every four or five years. Just remember that. And at the moment, there's a lot of people who aren't fucking behaving in, in the right way. The problem we've got as well, especially with Labour and the fallout from the, re- the result of the election, is there's basically two factions in Labour. There's pro and anti-Corbyn, and neither of yeah. them at the moment are taking the, the blame for what's happened. But, but that's the other thing, Andy. <laughs> it doesn't have to be about blame. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, you got to ask yourself, why are you angry? Well... If you're angry about who's in charge of a political party that that you're not even heavily involved in yourself, mm. then you should you should get a grip. You should fucking you know think about other shit because this is like getting your knickers in a twist over a club you're not even a member of or you haven't been to in years. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. armchair supporters. It's yeah. like when you see armchair fans and it winds me up going mad and, and, and feigning like insane passion about a club like, you know, United or Liverpool fans. And then you say, when was the last time you went? 
and they haven't been in fucking 10 years. Well, right? And you go, yeah. well, shut up then. Right? But the second thing is, it's like, if you care about the fucking country, then start thinking about the country, not who's in control of your party, because that is a small part of what impacts upon the fortunes of this country. It's a small part. Think about what you're going to do next. Think about how you're going to resist or fight the worst extremes of a Tory government, right? Think about how you're going to do things in lo- your local community to help people. Yeah, true. Right? true. But, but stop stop fucking worrying about whose fault it was because it's a fucking waste of time. It happened, it happened. I'll tell you what happened. It's because <clears> the British public preferred, on the whole, what the Conservatives were saying to what Labour was saying. That's it. That's what happens in elections. You know, but see what happens next time. It's it, But it's got to be all of us, though. It's got to, oh, not necessarily all of us. It's got to be as many of us as possible that are doing that thing and working together. And by that, what I mean is you've got to fucking keep selling fucking duck after 7.20 on a Saturday night. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Because if not, society's going to break down. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, it's a festive time of year, and we hope that people will enter into that festive spirit and stop fighting each other in Italian restaurants, right? But... It's also the time of year, Andy, that mm. you will get people um, wanking on about how they, they rather than the Christmas classics, I'm talking about Wizard and Slade and Chris Rea, right? Yeah. Um, people go, well, you know, those are all the stands and some of them are awful, but uh, I've uh, got a bit of an alternative Christmas list that I uh, play this <laughs> that I like to play. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, all right. And your heart sinks a bit because you're thinking... Well, to be honest, I quite wanted to hear um, Shaking Stevens doing Merry Christmas, yeah. everyone, but are you, whatever. Uh, are you aware that um, Bob Dylan actually did a Christmas album yeah. about 10 years ago? It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, please, no. <laughs> Just fucking put on Slade. Trust me, I can listen to Slade again and again and again. It never gets boring. I love it. It makes me feel excited and happy. Right? I don't want to listen to fucking Bruce Springsteen's Christmas song, right? No. Having said that, I will say that on that Bob Dylan album, there's one song called Must Be Santa, which is fucking brilliant. The rest of it's dog shit. Yeah. But add well, Must Be Santa into your playlist. Here's one that's popped up a couple of times. I'm going to play it to you, right? Okay. Now, just listen to the lyrics of this song. This is called... Uh, a Calypso Christmas by uh, Lord Kitchener. Oh, Lord Kitchener, yeah. Yeah. Now, I like Lord Kitchener, but just let's have a listen to this as a Christmas song. Nice start. Christmas greetings, yeah. really a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. For everybody appears to be really happy. Oh, okay. <laughs> they get together and greet each other. Yes. With a slogan, slogan. Drink, my dear. You know Christmas comes only once a year. Now, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Lord Kitchener's fine, but I prefer Calypso music in the summer, and yeah. I think that he doesn't quite. He's a summery person. Yeah, it's a music associated with summer. It to me, it doesn't fit the Christmas vibe. There, there, are, there's nothing in the, the sound that makes it sound Christmassy to me. There are no jingle bells. Yeah, right. And the lyrics, let's be honest, he's making it up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. What was it? Christmas feeling, what a lovely time. Mm-hmm. People greet each other with a slogan. It's not mm-hmm. really a slogan, is it? Not really. Uh, have a drink, my dear. Christmas comes once a year. This is really poor lyricism. He's, but he's this is the, out, hasn't he? This is a hipster version mm. of a Christmas song. Now, I mean, Lord Kitchener didn't design it as such, but this is what the hipsters will be playing at their hipster parties, right? <clears throat> They'll be going, oh, well, let's play a Calypso Christmas. I'll play a bit more. So what are we waiting for? Honey, let we 
Sally Bread. Fill me glass with more. I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait for what? So let me drink and say Merry Christmas. Cheers to all of us. Now. I don't think that Lord Kitchener has ever celebrated Christmas. That's what I reckon. Right. That sounds like a a, song, a Christmas song written by someone who's never had Christmas. Yeah. Because I don't think he needs to. We The reason we have Christmas here is mm. because once you get past September, it is fucking awful, right? Yeah. It's to stop everyone just giving up or killing themselves. True. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, it's just dark and cold and it's shit and then night starts at three o'clock in the mm. afternoon. So they invented a thing and the reason we all get really super into it, despite the fact we're not Christians <clears throat> anymore, right, is because we're like, fucking hell, we need something. Put some lights up, yeah. cook a turkey, get yeah. pissed in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, but this fella, he's fucking, you know, he's out in Trinidad year round on a hammock having a laugh mm. with his mates having his rum out of a coconut the shell the sun never sets does it no. he doesn't need Christmas someone's put, twisted his arm said come on fuck's <laughs> sake let's try and cash in on the Christmas market over yeah. in the UK in the west and he's like I haven't got the first fucking clue about Christmas he's done a quick Google search and he's come yeah. up with all sorts of nonsense well it was asked, it was asked James back then wasn't it because yeah it was the end of yeah he actually died in 2000 yeah God rest his soul yeah. But, I mean, you know, the lyrics are just ridiculous. And then you listen to this, right? The hipsters, the ones who will say, Oh, uh, have you heard this uh, Calypso Christmas album, Mm -hmm. right? They're they're all doing a silly game, Whamageddon. Let's see how far you can get into Christmas without listening to Last Christmas. I was was just going to say, I'm so pleased that you have just fucking obliterated some people's Whamageddon there by just dropping Last Christmas in unannounced. Yeah, fucking good. good, right? Because why are you playing it? What a stupid game. Yeah. This is the best Christmas song of all time. Why would you want to avoid it? Why would you want to avoid this song? Yeah. Now listen to the lyrics. George Michael does know all about Christmas, right? Fucking dying on Christmas Day, of course he does. That's how fucking Christmassy he that's is. A, that's how committed he was to Christmas. He was, yeah. He was like, TTFN, dickheads. Come check it out. See you later. Yeah. Michael, out. Right. <laughs> How does the line go in this, right? A face on a lover with a flame in his heart, a man mm. undercover, but you tore him apart. I mean, mm. fuck's sake, mate. That's <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. Is it? And what does it twi- mean? I don't know what it means, but it sounds so lovely, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Lord Kitchener, he didn't know what... He was like, Christmas time is very nice. Let's have, have a, a drink time. and say lovely times. Right? <laughs> George is up here at this fucking lodge. Right, with all his mates. It's actually great. In Andrew Ridgely's book, he writes quite extensively about them making this video. And right. they really did just all go up there with their mates to some fucking ski lodge with a famous director. They got absolutely battered the whole time Brilliant. they were there. The director was fucking livid because he couldn't, he just couldn't <laughs> control them. And they were all naked, <laughs> jumping in the fucking hot tub. They're having yeah. a bl- bloody great time. I could watch this video again and again. Jalapeño. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. This Whamageddon cool. game is a stupid game. It's a hipstery game. The Lord Kitchen is great, but why don't you do yourselves a fucking favor, right? And just stick to Wizard... The Pogues, mm. Slade, Wham, Paul and McCartney. of course, Wonderful Christmas the waitresses, time. the waitresses, Christmas wrapping. Yeah. yeah. Stick to the classics. You don't have to prove anything. No one wants you to fucking prove anything. But getting back to George Michael, yeah, he had, he, he thought he wrapped up the Christmas market with last Christmas, but then, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's popularity was starting to win a little bit. So he's just gone, right, fucking, I'm fucking dying on Christmas Day. That's me forever. Mm. Fucking etched into Christmas Day. Don't fucking try and remove it. It can't happen. He's like, first, I wrote last Christmas, right? Bang up, nailed on for number one. <laughs> then what happens? Fucking Geldof band-aid. calls up. Geldof fucking calls up. Says we're doing a song for the Africans. Well, I can't very well say no, can I? So I go up. They're all there. Sting, Bono, Marilyn, the lot, right? Bananarama. I, get, I absolutely fucking own the whole situation. I am easily the best. Oh, right? be it through gritted teeth. <laughs> but I thought I'm going to turn up and I'll, what I'll do is I'll be the best and I was <laughs> and everyone said it right everyone, ask anyone he everyone said squirrel. well done George he would stay a squirrel who were off their fucking nut <laughs> he said you were absolutely easily the best Bono tried to fucking steal the show right but Bono is a cunt we knew it back then right <laughs> I've fucking done it. So next thing you know, I'm number one and number two on Christmas Day. Band-Aid's number one, last Christmas number two, fucking dreamland. And yet still, Bing Crosby seems to be more associated with Christmas than me. So I had to take drastic action, didn't I? I had to check out on Christmas Day. I said, I said, so be it. Yeah, I went to bed and I fucking died. There you go. Top I had back. a large fucking, I had a large Bailey's, a massive fucking bucket bong that I've got my butler to make for <laughs> yeah. me. Right, we were, it was skunk. It was a skunk one. Speedball in me eye, and then yeah. I was off. See ya. And that was me. TTFN, everyone. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Dead. That's the fucking film I should have made, not that last Christmas one. That Fuck was fucking... I'm fucking gutted about that. We all watched it up in grave. I am. We we watched it up in the ghost cineplex, right? We've got a cineplex (laughs) up here in the you know in the ghost (laughs) universe, and all the lads were like, "Come on, Bowie!" All of them were like, "Come on, George, you got to come and watch it." Prince, (laughs) they were all there, right? Whitney Houston, they said, "Come on, we're gonna go and watch that film they've made out of your songs." I said, all right, I'll give it a go. I was fucking furious. It was shit. And everyone said so. And Marvin Gaye, who is usually very supportive, even he turned around to me yeah. and he went, George, it was fucking shite. <laughs> Worst Christmas film I've ever seen. And they have made a cunt out of you. Right. Said, he said, now, you know, George, you and me, you know, we're honest with each other all the time. And I love you <laughs> like a brother, but fuck me. They've fucking done brother. you over there. 
<laughs> How much money are you getting for that? Ghost money, I mean. How much money's going to your estate? Don't tell me Ridgely's getting any fucking money for it, right? Because he didn't lift a finger. What about uh, Pepsi and Shirley, right? I hope they get a note. Well, have you seen you know, Shirley? Mar- yeah, Shirley's uh, released an album with, with Martin. I was just Kemp- going to say, yeah, because they're yeah. still husband and wife. They've brought an album out. Neither of them yeah. are renowned for singing lead, really, are they? Um, I mean, Pepsi should have that solo career, I suppose. But, they're not, but I would, if I was them, hmm. as soon as I saw the poster, I immediately put myself in their shoes of both Martin and Shirley. Yeah. Collectively. And I thought, if I was them, I'd be thinking, of course we're fucking doing this. Why wouldn't we do it, right? Yeah. Shirley, I feel, has kept a very low profile since the days of Pepsi and Shirley. Yeah. She's married to... Kemp has obviously re- rebuilt his bit, bit career several times since mm. he since Spandau disappeared. And he's remained in the public eye. Now, of course, their son, Roman, Roman Kemp, yeah, um, who is a, a young heartthrob who has been in the jungle. He has. And he's um, famous as well. Seems but like Shirley's a nice lad just, as well, doesn't he? Seems he does, like a actually, nice, well, yeah. Seems lad, de- yeah. decent lad. Yeah. And... He stayed in the back. I tell you, who else was good. I don't know if you watch much of the jungle, but um, Nadine from Girls Aloud. Oh yeah, she oh, was ver- really nice. I'm very she was pro really Girls nice. Aloud. I always have been. But do you want to hear some stories about her that, uh, for, that I have? Uh, are you able to use them publicly? Yeah. Why not? I've told worse. <laughs> they only reflect badly is on that, me. Is that going to be? I was going to say, is that going to be your defence in a court of law in a libel case? Well, you know, you know, all right, it might not be true, but I've told worse in the past. You're on it. Listen, right, have you heard the fucking Kylie stuff, right, with the eggs Florentine? <laughs> Hear that and tell me this is as bad. It ain't. I'll t- tell you what, Your Honour, if I tell you the Natalie and Bruglia story, will you let me off? <laughs> well, I met Nadine once, and when Girls Aloud started, I'd always, when they first started, I marked her out as the fittest one, yeah. right, to me. And then time moves on, and you obviously we all have different favourites as it goes along, mm. don't we? I mm. mean, we've you, still now you kind of maybe once a week you check in on your league table of girls allowed members, yeah. don't you? And sometimes I you think, shuffle them I mean, around a bit. Nicola was up there for a while for me, and at the beginning yeah. I wouldn't have had her anywhere near the top. But there you go. No, and then Kimberly, of course, the one from yeah. Bradford. Yeah, yeah, of course. Even anyway. Cheryl, even Cheryl, who was well, guilty Cheryl of a racist probably, attack. Cheryl was was probably the most beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, I went to interview them once for a women's magazine. And it was a fucking brilliant day. It was such a good laugh. Um, You know, they were all there having their photos taken. And they were all a fucking brilliant laugh. And what I did was I went off individually with each of them throughout the day for little kind of chats separately. Because I didn't want to interview them together. Because then they all just like start showing off, talking over each other. And they were all really nice. Sarah Harding was by a mile the maddest. Right. That was really nice. And anyway, they were, they were all great. They were all really funny, told funny stories, just good. Nadine, I actually went for lunch with, <coughs> which was amazing. Because right. it was her turn. I said, look, I haven't spoken to you yet. She went, I'm going to have some lunch. So I mm. said, all right. She went, why don't you come with me? We'll have it together. So we both had Pizza Express takeaway uh, salads. Right. They do them takeaway in a plastic box, right? Yeah. You ever you ever had that? Um, not really. No. Well, anyway, I've not been in show business as much note. as you have, but you know. 
takeaway pizza express salad. She's lovely. She kept speaking about America and she had this American accent and I thought she was affecting it slightly, but I thought, who cares, whatever. And it was because she yeah. was going out with the gardener out of de- uh, Desperate Housewives. Anyway, I thought she was lovely and I got on with all of them. Great. But then, a few years later, when I wind up at Heat, it becomes clear that stories about them falling out with each other are extremely popular with the readers. Yeah. And therefore, if you put stories like that on the cover, you sell loads of magazines. Of course you do. And I got paid paid bonuses if I had a particularly good week, Mm. right? So if I saw something worked, I fucking did it again. Mm. And we did a, a cover that had Cheryl and Nadine, and we'd had some stories probably of a spurious nature in about them falling out. And so we put it on the cover. Well, it skyrocketed. So then I wanted more. So um, I found out that Nadine, that Nadine that's how addiction works, a, isn't it? Nadine had a um, had a bar somewhere in California called Nadine's Irish Mist. Right, it was yes. an Irish pub. It was. Was it not? And, oh yeah, yeah. Go on. And so I heard about this place, and, and I heard that she was in there all the time. Like sometimes she'd serve drinks and stuff. <clears> she was just about, you know. So I sent a reporter over to California. And I said, hang out there for a week. Don't let on you're a journo. Just hang on and see if you can get to know her, know some other people. Just give, give us the vibe. Mm. Give us the vibe. So I sent this report. She was quite new. And I hadn't established before I sent her that she was the worst possible person I could have sent because she had a massive issue with drinking. And Jesus. when she when she got there to this pub, it turns out she'd taken her boyfriend along as well for the ride. Oh, right, nice. They basically got back, they turned it into a holiday and they got really bang on it straight away. And they're in the pub every night. And she was a right girl, blimey, right? She was like, ow. And she was ringing me up all the time at strange times because she was on California time. I was on English time. My daughter was still just a little baby. And she kept ringing up the old time to give me updates. And I was like, I don't care. Just fucking do it and come back. Anyway, she worked her way in, worked her way in, and it was going to be some sort of landmark birthday for Nadine. I don't know what. Let's say it was her 25th. And she'd got to know Nadine, and she said, I've got an invite to her birthday party in the pub mm. on Friday. It's going to be brilliant. I'm going to give you the full inside story. Who knows? Some of the other girls might turn up. It, there's going to be celebs there. And I've been invited because I've been in the bar all week. I've got to know them. They love me because I'm English, blah, blah, blah. Fucking great. So I was like, all right, great, go for it. But I could tell she was pretty well-oiled every time I spoke to her. Anyway, the night comes. She's been there all week working her way in. She she gets to the pub. She goes to walk in the door. And who's waiting for her at the door? But Nadine herself. Right. And she goes to her. I'll change the name to protect the journalist. Let's call her Tracy. (laughs) She goes, Tracy, I know. And she goes, what? And she goes, I know. She goes, what do you know? She goes, I know who you are and what you're doing here and how you've betrayed me. Now get out of my bloody pub. <laughs> and it was like something from EastEnders, like right? Like Windsor, yeah. Peggy it Mitchell. was amazing. And it was also a bit like in The Godfather where he goes, Fredo, I know it was you. Yeah. I know it was you, Fredo. You're my brother. And she rang me up and she was crying, oh, I'm at the old thing up. She found out who I was. I must have got pissed and told someone. She blew her cover. 
I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I think she just like must have been pissed that one night. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. It's all expenses paid for me magazine, aren't I? <laughs> and uh, but I thought I must admit, although I was disappointed and all the money was down the drain, I did think it reflected really well on Nadine. I thought, what a classy yeah. response to yeah. a grubby affair. Definitely, even one that you'd instigated. Um, one that I, but yeah, you, the grub was all over my hands. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the time I thought you put this away and use it in a podcast at a later date, and you have. Yeah, well, well done to you, and well done to me. I think the, that getting off my chest on this podcast is good. It sort of is like confessional, and yeah. it clears me of all guilt. There's, the, there's a lot of a lot of this podcast is very useful emotionally to you. I think, I think, isn't it? Hey, mate, uh, what about? What's your take? What's your hot take on Duncan Ferguson bringing that player keen on and then subbing him off 18 minutes later? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I've been thinking about this and I think, <laughs> I mean, we don't know, but it, he might have well have given Keane a specific job to do when he went on and he right. clearly didn't do it, whatever it was. Right. And he's hauled him off again. Fine, I don't know. Don't see it often, do you? No, you don't see it often, but, you know, he's done it. So... Duncan Ferguson's so you're, not going to do you're things all behind. Perhaps. You're giving him, you're giving Big Dunk the benefit of the doubt on this, aren't I you? I am, I am, because I'm mesmerised by his blue eyes. Have you seen him? Ama- Jesus, yeah, he's Christ. an amazing guy. Imagine, yeah. I bet he's. I mean, I'm sure he's happily married. I don't know, but I bet women love Big Dunk. Oh God, yeah, and I think as well, he's the sort of fellow where you know what city he's from just from how he looks. If you were yeah. show you a picture of him, not know who he was, say, where's he from? That's Glasgow, isn't it? Glasgow. He's a Glasgow yeah. man, yeah. Of course he is. Definitely. Look, before we go, let's just catch up on the prediction results for the oh, weekend. Yeah. Uh, we both predicted that Arsenal would lose 3 0 to Man City this afternoon. So we've both done well there. Um, yeah. You got eight points this weekend, Sam. Wow. Eight points. Well, did but I get other correct scorelines? You also got uh, Sheffield United 2, Aston Villa 0. Three points there Fuck as well. You and a couple of other correct um, outcomes. I got 11 points, Sam. 11 points. You're a bastard. Yes. Because what you do is you cheat me up and go, do you know what you did? You did so well, mate. Yeah, I did that. And then there, you tell me. Yeah. And then I get super excited. And yeah. then you casually chuck out, yeah, I mean, but I got 11. Yeah. Well, you quickly identified that I'd done Fucking that, so you should know that that me. was coming. You should have known that's yeah, the kind of prick I that I am. Yeah. <clears throat> I got Sunderland 1, Blackpool 1. Which I got, I got right. six points for that because obviously it's a double yeah. double pointer. So there we are. So right now I am on ninety one. You're on ninety. Result spot just got two. So fuck him. He's on seventy one. He's gone. My sack, it's up this in. I have been I relegated already. Got- it's not even Christmas. I can't get a. I can't fucking get arrested. <laughs> I'm shit. I've lost it. Once I can't it's gone. It's gone. I can't catch a fucking break in this prediction league. <laughs> if only I was programmed to predict other results. Well, you're not. Yeah. Tough shit. So there we are. So oh, it's tight at I the j- top. Uh, I was I was uh, driving along earlier down a long narrow road, right. and there was and it's by some sports pitches near where I live, and the traffic it was single file up to one traffic light that I know. Is one of those traffic lights that only goes green for like a split second. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to wait 10 minutes, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the authorities just thought this is a shit junction. No one fucking uses it. If you do use it, well, it's your fucking problem, yeah. dickhead. Do you know what I mean? It's you one of that. those. Yeah, and I'm just like, fine. They've got to make their decisions. They can't make it all lights, luxury lights, can they? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Of course. 
Like, not all lights can be fucking... If, if they all went green for a nice long time, right, then where would we be? Fuck, there'd be no point having them, no, right? Some lights have got to be shit lights, and yeah. I know. Anyway, the, the line was so long, and I was muttering. I was with my daughter, I was muttering, because all, all the other fancy cars, I was like, look, all these cunts picking up their fucking kids from rugby because it was there was rugby pictures I was like look at them all their little shit bags from rugby all fucking voted Tory on Thursday I bet right and she's just shaking Sam, her head Sam, like oh don't, fuck don't sake fear, don't fear love no I know I, but I wasn't I'd forgotten my own mantra this is a yeah. funny way to end this podcast because I started the podcast with my rant with my sort of call to like peaceful peacefulness but this guy he was in a big mat, and basically we went past, there was a gate to the wetland centre, you know where I like to go and look at the otters and the birds? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of my favourite places, and there was people coming out of there on my right, and to be honest, the traffic wasn't moving everywhere, so I let a couple in. The first one went in in front of me, and then a second one came out, and I felt a a natural affinity with them, because they'd been to the wetlands, which is a spiritual home of mine. So I let them in as well, because I thought, what difference does it make two cars in front of me? We're going to be here for ages either way. The cunt behind me in the murk gave me a little beep, didn't he? So I thought, Ooh. what? I looked in the mirror, and he's like a right fucking posh cunt, you can tell. And he's looked at me with this sort of arrogance, and he sort of shrugged and like pointed at the cars, like, why are you letting the cars in? And I thought, well, this guy definitely voted Tory, because yeah. he can't get his head around why I'm giving anyone else an inch. An inch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just shrugged, and he beeped again and was saying, okay. So what I did was, I very calmly lent onto the... Uh, on it like sort of onto the side of my door and just looked at him with a light smile on my face in the wing mirror for as long as possible right and I had my baseball cap on but then I took it off and unzipped my jacket I don't know why I think I was trying to say look mate I've got a shaved head here I could do anything right you're dealing with a bloke with a shaved head I'm fucking dangerous I'm dead yeah I've lost my hair already I don't care if I have to go to prison makes no odds to me And he, he, in the end, he caught my eye and he looked back at me. And what I started to do was very slowly and methodically, I started in the wing mirror to just slowly do the wanker sign at him, but with a smile on my face, right? (laughs) But what I did was I didn't stop. And at first he looked and he sort of did this sort of patronising, like, oh, very funny, and sort of did a thumbs up and sort of had had this something like, oh, that's so funny and clever. But I just carried on. Yeah. And I didn't blink. And I kept the smile on my face. And I carried on and I carried on. My daughter started saying, stop doing it. Why are you doing it? I was saying, it's fine, it's fine. It's funny. It's weird, right? <laughs> and he couldn't. And he was looking. In the end, he's telling weird. his wife about it, and he's getting his wife to look. And I'm carrying on doing it, carrying on doing it. And then once in a while, I'm just very slowly mouthing the word wanker at him, but still with a smile. Wanker, <laughs> wanker. <laughs> and I'm edging forward. In the end, it's just uncomfortable for him because he doesn't know where to look. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't intimidate. I wasn't trying to intimidate him. I was trying to be as strange as just possible. To weird him out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And this weird. went on. I'm so proud. The reason I'm telling you about it is because I was proud. 20 minutes I did it for. Whoa, fuck. Until I, until I got to the front and the light went green and I'm so childish that I waited for the light to go green and then really slowed down onto the line 
until it went amber and then I took <gasps> off oh! and not just him but about three other cars behind him were all beeping at me and I slowed down in the junction to get a good look in the mirror and he gave me a right massive two fingers V sign <laughs> which I was delighted by I thought good man he's waiting for he's kept his calm until I've driven off and then he's giving it a right brother fuck you brilliant <laughs> and I was like T- Delaney out <laughs> really childish that's but there brilliant. you go don't fear love that, exactly that's been Top Flight Time Machine don't fear love When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.